You know it's funny. People on the outside don't really get what's going on. But they always got something to say. <laughs> yeah. What's going on, folks? This is Daryl, your host of Narratives Over Wine and Whiskey Podcast, where we discuss issues that impact black and millennial communities while having a good drink. Today, I've got Vince Jamel and Lavelle Taylor on to discuss entrepreneurship, building a brand, the impact that COVID has had on their businesses, and maintaining relationships while being a young business owner. Let's get into it. So this drink is mean. I've seen it a few times. It's, it's called Whistle Pig Piggyback. 100% rye. <laughs> Whistle Pig okay. Piggyback, okay. It's aged six years, 96.56 proof. Like this drink hits. I'm not a rye drinker. I, I like a bourbon. I like a, a Jack Daniels Kentucky whiskey. I like a lot of stuff. I don't like rye. This is the second. I don't. Rye. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, What's I don't the difference? This tastes so, funny, bro. Rye is a wheat based, whereas bourbon is a corn based um, uh, or okay. mash based. Excuse me, mash based. And so it's um, it's just like made of different things. So they have different notes. Rye goes well with like something fattier that has like a sweetie, sweet fatty taste, like pork. Something like mm, that. Okay, so, gotcha. So yeah, I'm not a big rye guy, but this drink is, is solid. Um, okay, I I just copped it a couple weeks ago. I actually had to stop. Y'all saw the picture I posted like in promo for this drink. I have right thirty bottles of whiskey, twenty five bottles of whiskey alone, <laughs> not including the tequila, the gin, the wine at the crib. So I've I've stopped buying whiskey in like in like full bottles and now i'm just buying airplane bottles or stuff i haven't put on the podcast yet because for a little while i gotta drink i gotta drink this stuff down what y'all got in your cups you go first Vince. Hey, i got it oh so i'm sipping on i got a little red wine here uh what is this robert mondavi cabernet sauvignon i might have butchered that uh cabernet, <laughs> cabernet sauvignon that's how i say it but um yeah man it's good i every time i go to the liquor store i ask the guy you know what he recommends because i'm not a wine connoisseur so he recommended that to me it's somewhere in between it's not too sweet it's not too dry somewhere in between so he recommended this i love it it's dope it's my go-to is it is it anything yeah. like um when you say not too sweet not too dry stella rosa have you had that yet i never had it oh man it's I a california it's wine i don't know if that makes any difference as far as like if you know but it's, it's california okay Try, yeah. try Stella Rosa, man. That's a um, if you like something sweeter, but it's a red. That's a good look. Uh, okay. I'm not big on sweet wines, but that's a good sweet wine that I'll go to sometimes. Okay. So what you working on, man? I got a little, little Jameson now. Small, small, hey. my go-to. Got a little ginger with it. A little ginger beer. So that's the ginger beer to go to, bro. Like that's yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it has agave and not sugar. So yep. it's like, shout out, shout, shout out to Brooklyn. Hey, <laughs> yeah. So put a little, little little ice in there to keep it cool for me, but that's what I'm on, bro. I got like six boxes of that. Um, at the crib, oh, right yeah, now. ginger beer, the ginger yeah. beer. Yeah, it's, it's good, man. man. It's a little 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 spice to it, man. You know what I'm saying, Make it, man? I wanted to talk to both of y'all today because you are two entrepreneurs that. One, you're, you're great friends, but but also amazing entrepreneurs. And so, first of all, I want you all to introduce yourselves to the people. And I'll probably, I know y'all don't always toot your own horn, so I might throw in some, some little adages. But um, 
Vince, you're at the top of my screen, so I'll start okay. with you. Um, just introduce yourself to the people. Who you are, you where you from, what do you do? Cool, cool. Okay, yeah, my name is uh, Vince Jamil. Uh, I'm from Fayetteville, North Carolina. I currently reside in Brooklyn, New York. Um, I'm a barber. I own a men's grooming salon in Brooklyn. I've been cutting hair for about, I guess, since I was like 12 years old. And I recently, two years ago, opened up uh, my first grooming salon, uh, the Standard Grooming Company, with along with my co-owner, Autumn, and also uh, Troy Johnson is there as well. Um, it's been going strong. Took a little hit because of COVID. Um, we had to close down for three months, but we up and kicking again. So it's great. I love it. I love it, man. Back in your bag. That's what's up. Yeah, man. Phil, what's up with you, man? All right. Well, I'll go by all of Phil. I'm a uh, engineer and music producer. I've been doing that for about 15 years now. Um, I've been in music really since I can remember, to be honest. I've always been like in love with music. Um, I, I used to engineer at a couple of studios in North Carolina. That's where I'm from, Greensboro, North Carolina. I've been uh, doing like engineering work, producing work in there for like eight, eight to 10 years. And actually during COVID, um, it's kind of it's kind of weird. You know, some of the events have kind of separate. Like he, he, he started his a couple of years ago, but I'm actually pretty new to the entrepreneurship in the sense of having my own studio. And I opened my own studio, uh, I want to say, yeah, June of this year, June of 2020. Um, which is crazy because I was kind of right in the middle of the COVID and all that. So I've been running strong for about four months now. And it's, I've been learning a lot and it's been great. It's been refreshing. I have like a new energy. Um, it's just it's just great. It's just great, man. I feel I feel good. The business is doing pretty good right now. Um, and I'm, I'm just happy. Yeah, so I, I told you all, these are, are both very humble gentlemen. I, they, they know their worth, but they're very humble. So I'm going to go ahead and keep <laughs> their horns, right? Pause. Um, <laughs> my man Vince <laughs> has been flown places just to cut people's hair. Like outside of this country, he's cut hair, you know, overseas. Like this guy is, is on it, phenomenal, as well as a, a very creative individual. Um, musically talented, has creative direction um, qualities, has, has done event planning. So, you know, amazing on that level. Phil is thank you, brother. With no problem, no problem. Bell has worked with top tier um, Grammy nominated artists, produced for them, um, engineered for them, has had my all time favorite rapper in the studio before. Uh, shout out to Jim <laughs> Jones. You can get on the podcast anytime, <laughs> bro. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's just, it's crazy to be surrounded by, by people who are in the room with greatness and to be invited in, into those rooms with them. To, you know, I've done photography for, for Fell at his studio. Um, had a chance to have Vince cut me every time I come to New York, I make sure I go and support him. So to be able to see them grow, Vince actually was cutting me. Oh, I've known Vince now, 2007 is 13 years ago. So yeah, 13 years I've known Vince and was he was cutting me in, in dorm rooms. And in a laundry room. Bro, there's a, actually yeah, there's a photo <laughs> of him cutting me in a laundry room with like dryers. So it's just, it's just amazing <laughs> to see how how these guys have grown. Um, maybe one day I'll drop Vince's freestyle. If you ever- uh, don't, <laughs> don't do that, man. Embar embarrassing yeah, college moments. Your freestyle. Actually, yeah, I got a whole, I got a- Look, I had to drop Daryl's freestyle. <laughs> hey, that was hard, bro. Okay. Yeah, y'all both got to drop you. I'm leaving nah, that. Nah, don't leave that, that joke. to the shade room. <laughs> LA leakers. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah I'm leaving that to um, the shade room tonight. 
So these guys have, have really inspired me to take my entrepreneurial journey more seriously, especially with Fell, man. Fell, like he said, has recently opened his own studio. And I'm like, yo, my boys have their stuff together. And I'm a brand in and of, in and of myself. I got to do the same thing. And it's always good to have people who are around you that push you to take that next step. Because if you don't, if you're just sitting there with stagnant people, you're going to think being stagnant is okay. So I appreciate you, man. And, and I can say the same about Vince because he kind of put the battery in my back in a sense. He didn't even like say nothing to me, but just, you know what I'm saying? You see your peers, you know what I'm saying? Take that next step. It just kind of motivates you. Like, okay, I can, this is something I can do. So I definitely, I give him that That's what's up. credit. Yeah, so cheers to y'all, man. Cheers, cheers. <clears throat> cheers, yes, yes. Um, so I'm gonna jump into a couple questions um, and y'all answer it as you want to. But right. what, uh, what professionals in your fields, respectively, have inspired you in the style that you've developed? Hmm. Okay. Uh, okay. I can answer that. Um, I'm gonna start from the beginning. So I would say, uh, it's a guy by the name of Kenny Duncan, who's out of Philadelphia. He's an educator as well as like a master barber. He's been doing it for, I'm sure, over 25 plus years. And I just like the way he's taken the field from just being in a barbershop every day to, to expand his endeavors. Like, so he does, like I said, education. He's a platform artist. And what that is, is he goes to different trade shows and he represents different uh, clipper brands, you know, showing new products out. Um, like your typical trade show of any industry, pretty much. But he represents a lot of different brands. And um, that's a place that I could see myself at one day. Um, my business partner actually just said the other day, it was a, something that just stuck with me. She said that we need to get to the point to where we're not, where you're not working in your business, you're working on your business. Mm. And that, and that's something, that yeah, that's something that really, I feel like he's done a great job of that. Um, so I would say him, and also I would say uh, Autumn, my business partner, she's been cutting longer than me. Um, she's she's an absolute veteran in the game, and every day I'm just inspired by her. So I'm lucky enough to be working alongside my inspiration every day. So, yeah. yeah that's that's yep. dope. Um, when you say that real quickly, before I get, get to your answer, Phil, uh, one of my boys, as you know, Vince, gets cut up with you all. Um, Bryce, so grew up mm-hmm. Bryce since since childhood, and he gets cut by Autumn. Mm-hmm. He he told me he was like, yo, you know, Vince Vince is definitely dope. It's just Autumn's been in it for a minute, and so he said, you know, that's just who I've been going to for a while. But it's mm-hmm. cool to be able to say that this isn't your competition, but your collaborator. Like that's a dope dope thing to do. One hundred percent. Yeah. So cool, man. You're only as strong as your team, man. And you know. We got to get to a place where we we got to stop competing with each other. You can you can only do it so much yeah. by yourself. Yeah, yeah. And now, so, what about you, man? Um, so I'll start. So I'm I like so I'm I'm kind of two tier. So I, I'm I'm an engineer. So recording engineer, I record music, mix it, master it. Um, and I'm also a producer. So I've been producing longer than I've been engineering. So as a producer, my inspirations are definitely, I guess, like the. the Notable ones like the Kanye West, Just Blaze, Ninth Wonder. I come uh, Pharrell. I come from that school of producers. So those I've always looked up to them as like, okay. I want to kind of be like a trendsetter, kind of how they were in their own rights. Um, and the, on the engineer side, uh, definitely Young Guru, who was Jay Z's uh, engineer for a long time. 
Uh, Mike Dean, he was Kanye's, he's Kanye's mm-hmm. engineer, producer for a long time. Um, a few other cats, uh, Sam I Am, he's a guy in Atlanta. He worked with uh, Brian Michael Cox and JD a lot. Um, I actually attended one of his master's class a few years ago. So, um, and they were just, um, they were just really more so, not even on the business side, but it's more on the, just the skill side. Like I really always tell, even now when I do like my, my classes and stuff, I, I kind of preach the level, like just learning your craft and being the best you can be at your craft. Um, and kind of from there, a lot of stuff kind of follows. So I look up to them because they really inspire me like by doing great work. Um, so that's that's mainly, um, I guess, as as a engineer producer, um, business wise, I don't know. I'm I'm still it's a few it's a few guys I've I've met over the years. It's a guy in Charlotte, Maximus Music. He's he's had his studio. He's a little older than me, but he's been running his own spot for at least about five to ten years now. Um, a few other places, a few of the guys I know, but they, they, I kind of looked at them like, okay, they, they doing it, they're successful at it. Um, I can maybe give this a shot and give it, you know what I'm saying, and be successful as well. So, and then piggybacking off what uh, Vince said earlier about the whole kind of letting your business work for you. Like, I'm, I'm like a, I'm like a, like a head down, like worker at times, so I can get kind of lost in the, in the work of it. I want to kind of start the studio so that I can, so I can have some guys working for me. Um, actually, today is a good day uh, to talk about that because I have a label that um, I have a contract with. They come every weekend and they do like eight to ten hours a day. Um, so right now they have their own they have their own engineers and stuff, and they they I just rent out the studio to them. Um, That's so beautiful. I make, yeah, I can make money from technically. I just go open up, get laid on the rules and stuff, and I have a great relationship with the owner of the uh, of the label, and we just you know we just keep a good communication and. I go lock up and make sure everything is straight and it's it's pretty it's pretty smooth. So I can be here doing this and kind of still making money as well. So it's it's pretty good. Mm, that's yeah. Tough. Yeah, man. So yeah, that's about yeah. That's what's up. Um so talking about COVID and, and Phil, you just started your your business, but Vince, you, know, you have one that is I mean, you know, you got over two years at the, the same location. What are the biggest challenges that you faced as an entrepreneur pre-2020 and then now since COVID? So I know, Phil, even even with you being an, an artist in, in your own respect before an entrepreneur in that way, what challenges did you have before and then now that we've, we've seen the other side or in the middle of the, um, the pandemic? Um, okay, so I would say pre-2020, Thankfully, we didn't have too we didn't have too many challenges because uh, the structure of our shop we were all working together. The three of us were working together prior to opening up this establishment, so we already had a rapport. We already kind of knew how we worked together. So opening up was pretty it was pretty smooth as far as starting a new business. You know, we we had a normal little hiccups, but I would say pre twenty twenty it was just. I guess planning the time, how much time it would take for us to open. So when we first when we first opened up, we had all our you know equipment and everything, but it wasn't a hundred percent set up like we wanted to. And that's I mean that's one thing I guess a lot of business owners just gotta just know. You know when you open when you open the doors the first day, it's probably not going to be a, th- a million percent running smoothly. That's you just gotta go through those growing pains. Uh, the first day. I mean, we were still putting up stations up until the first, the first day, like before the first client. It was, <laughs> it was clients that was there waiting, and we we just mismanaged our time as far as they're concerned. So I would say the very first day of opening was the most challenging pre twenty twenty. 
2020, obviously, it was COVID. We we work in a business to where if you're not physically doing a job, you're not making money. Um, we make money from primarily from cutting hair and retail sales in the shop. So we had to close down for three months. So as you can imagine, no income for three months is tough. And bills bills didn't stop. We still had to pay that expensive New York rent. Luckily, we had a landlord that was working with us, you know, who was able to like let us kind of split up the payments. But yeah, that was crazy. We still had to pay three months rent with absolutely zero income. So that pushed us to really getting back to that quote again. It pushed us to really think about what we can do, um, where we can make money. Like LaFell just just said, make money so where we don't have to be physically in the shop. So that's that's the level, that's the stage we're in now, figuring out other ways to generate income. So COVID was, I mean, it was a bad thing as far as not making the money, but I think it really propelled us in the direction to where we need to be going within the next three to five years. Yeah. Um, and I guess I can take it from here. As far as COVID, it was weird, man. It's kind of bittersweet for me because up until COVID, I was actually working at another studio that was owned by someone else. <clears throat> so COVID, so when COVID first hit and I, uh, it's funny, I'll get into this later too, but like, I, I, I kind of, I was a high risk as far as with COVID because I have a pre-existing condition. I have a RA. So I, it's a chronic disease and my immune system is a little bit lower than most people's. So I, I kind of stepped away from the studio, not to like leave, but just to kind of take a break and not be around as many people when COVID first hit and they didn't know too much about it. I stepped away maybe like a week before we had it technically shut down. Um, and like I said, a week later we shut down the, the, the studio I was working at before and I couldn't, I couldn't really technically do any sessions for like a, what, a month or two because the studio was shut down. I'm, I wasn't really having too many, I was having too many people in my house or anything like that. So we, that was kind of our safe zone. So I had to kind of like just figure it out. So luckily I was able to mix some songs for artists that had already kind of pre-recorded some stuff or people that were maybe recording at home. I could like mix songs and kind of send it to them and get money that way. But other than that, I didn't have an income as far as my normal income during COVID. But it also, that that kind of made me be like, okay, let's, let me try to take advantage of this time because I've been saving money for a while. Um, I figured that it would probably be some people that had some, um, I figured that some some uh, property management groups were probably a little bit more willing to, to, to work with me as far as getting the studio into a new space, uh, which I had been looking like maybe six months to, to, to a year before that. I had been looking, I've been kind of quietly looking for spaces for a studio, but it's, it was just kind of challenging because just the noise and the, the traffic, a lot of uh, properties weren't really willing to let a recording studio kind of open up. So when COVID hit, that kind of opened a door for me that was closed before because uh, landlords were a little bit more willing to, I guess, um, take in some of that traffic because they just wanted somebody to rent out their space, to be honest. So around May, what was it, April? I want to say April or May, I... Uh, I, I finally I finally got a space and I spent about a month and like Vince said that setting up process that's really like a real thing like that's really under like people don't realize like these places that you, you go into a business you think it's just like it was, they just got it like that it's like no they they probably spent a month or two just setting up stuff from the jump like I had to build a, I had to build a recording booth I had to redo my floors like came to, I had to do a lot of stuff just before I could even open so that took maybe about a month month and a half um, just to get the place set up before I can even bring clients inside. So um, that was definitely a, uh, and I, I kind of use COVID because people aren't really going out too much anyway. So I just use that time to just to just um, 
invest time into the space and building up the space and doing all that stuff. So by the time they kind of started, I think phase two, which was more stuff started opening up in North Carolina. Um, I just use that time to, okay, I'm going to slowly get some clients in and just kind of fill it out and see what I need, see what I don't need, test some stuff out. And then we, uh, when we kind of, when, when it opened up more, I was able to do like a technically full open. So I've been open since about June now. And it's been, like I said, it's been hard work, but it, it, it COVID just kind of put the battery in my back and like, okay, you got to really take that next step in because, you know, if stuff shuts down, you got to figure out a way to, to make, you know what I'm saying, to make money. Because before I could, I was just kind of, like I said, I couldn't do nothing <laughs> really. But so what is it like to be a new father as well as a new business owner at the same time? So just in the, like in the uh, 2020 has been like crazy year for me. So <laughs> a lot of people, it's, it's been a doubt. I mean, not just for me, right? For everybody. But <laughs> so for me, it wasn't just about the COVID thing. In 2020 alone, I had a baby. I got, uh, had a baby bought a house and started a business all that within like six months and it was crazy because we had low-key like me and my wife my loving wife Jeff, we had been planning this stuff for a while so then um like i said we, we got pregnant last year and we had a baby um luckily we didn't have any complications everything was smooth with that i was kind of scared because you know with COVID, kind of first started coming you know what i'm saying coming out when she uh right before she, like right after she was born so good thing all that went smooth but 2020 was just a crazy year so it definitely made me want to raise the bar a little bit. And that, that also went into me getting my own space and getting my own, having my own business because I was like, okay, I got to kind of level up a little bit. I got, I got another mouth to feed. I got another responsibility. Like when you look into her eyes, like she's looking at me like, I don't know what, I'm in this new world. Like you, you, you who I'm looking to, 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 uh, to make sure everything is, is great. So it just kicked, it kicked me, me myself into another gear. Um, so that, that was a big, uh, a big step into, to me kind of venturing out and, and, and doing my own thing. Um, and just, like I said, just trying to, just trying to get more income, just trying to, just trying to set the bar higher, man, really. Yeah, that's real. Um, Vince. So we got three, three ends of the spectrum right now, right? So we got mm -hmm. father and husband. We got me, husband. Then you got Vince and you got the single. Single as a Pringle. Entrepreneur. Uh, <laughs> So what is <laughs> like, man? How is how is single entrepreneur life in New York? Like, are, do, you, do you find that being an entrepreneur allows you to, um, or, or or just makes you more desirable with the, with the ladies? Like, how, how does it work out up in the city? Oh, I didn't think you were gonna go there with that question. Yeah, man. Um, you know, fam, talking about your relationships right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, I mean, I can't speak for the ladies, but I think it definitely. I think it raises an eyebrow whenever because you know when you meet somebody one of the first questions people ask is like what do you do what do you what do you live where are you from what do you do for a living and it's like i'm never one to my own horn but you know i'm a because you, you never know who you're talking to so I, i'm gonna tell you what i do i'm gonna be specific about it i say you know i'm an owner i own a men's grooming salon in brooklyn new york if you want to know information they, they ask more about it you know I t I'm, I'm willing to give them the information so yeah i see the eyebrows raised so yeah i, I think that definitely has something to do with it for sure you know, with their interest or not like thereof i was talking to one of my friends the other day and he was talking to me about the fact that uh, a young lady said you know i don't hear your name in the streets and his response well was well look on google <laughs> like that, that oh wow he's yeah he, he's a, a young entrepreneur as well i mean if you google the brother you'll see him 
in different publications as well. And it's the same with you, you know, if you search for your business, you're going to see New York Times, um, a, a whole write-up on you. You know, if you, yeah. if you search for, for LaFell, you're going to be able to find his name in the credits throughout title. Shout out to, to Black-owned streaming services. Um, but like, you, you will find you all's names in different places. And so I think that when it comes to, you know, Fell having an established relationship um, where he's building for his family or you having having one a, a nice single bachelor lifestyle it's like yo these guys are doing big things and their names precede them in different rooms so you know what so, can, if i can add something to that yeah. um something that i've recognized over i guess the past few years since we've had a business when i meet a young lady and she asks me what i do i'm always very specific with it because you never know you know who they may who they, who they might know who they might know that could put me in a position or meet the person I need to meet for X, Y, Z. So I've been plenty of times where like, I looked at somebody like, oh, she looks good, I wanna holler at her. Then I'll like approach her with like, I guess a game, like I'm trying to holler. But like after we start talking, we get into a business conversation. It's like, all right, let me put on the brakes on the trying to holler. This seems like a good business contact or somebody that I need to stay in contact with. Um, so yeah, I'm just always intentional with that initial meeting when it comes to the ladies. And not always trying to dive into a romantic situation. And I and I'll give I, I kind of have another take on that too. Um, so when I first started kind of working in studios, like really like kind of being like full time in studios, that kind of came about from like I said, just telling people what I do. Like I wasn't really I was working like I was doing like tech support. Just I was still doing music kind of as a as a as a side thing. But as far as I wasn't make, making enough money to really make it my full time thing yet. So I still had kind of like jobs here and there. I was doing tech support, and I did, but I always told people like when I introduced myself, like I'm an engineer, like I'm an engineer, I'm a producer, I do music. That's that's what I do. This may be my job, but this is what I do. And luckily, that turned into someone being like, well, you know, the studio is looking for engineers. They're looking for this and that. And a, a random conversation where I just introduce somebody and tell them what I, you know, what I'm saying without kind of speaking what I really want to do in, in full time into existence, put that in the atmosphere that turned into me having my first gig in the studio and that i stayed there for like eight years and that was just off a conversation with somebody that I worked with at a whole other company and i really just because sometimes people like actually especially when you do like a creative thing or something that's maybe not the typical typical job we kind of feel insecure about yeah. telling people what we do like okay i don't really want to say that because i mean i do it but i mean i'm not mm -hmm. i was like man this is what i want to do this is what i so when i introduce myself i'm a this is what i do so then people kind of take that and you never know where it can lead you. So I always tell people, if you're a painter, you're an artist, you write, you do music, whatever you do, just let people know that's what you do because you never know what that can turn into in the future. Just that small conversation. That's, that's real. Yeah. You know, it's crazy about that. Now, when I'm out and um, no matter who I'm with now, it's like whenever I introduce myself, somebody asks who I am, blah, blah, blah. It's like somebody else that like almost wants to speak for me, like because I've told so many people what I do and people know who I am. So it's like, nah, man, he being modest. He does this. He got a shop. Yeah. He got a dope shop in Brooklyn. So like, yeah, when you tell when you get to a, a, a point where you tell so many people what you do, people are gonna want to be the mouthpiece for you and they're gonna speak for you. Mm -hmm. well, you of course, you gotta have a good product or service and back it up yeah. with a good you know business model and all that. But yeah, I just find that interesting that people want to they want to speak for you. You only, you only have to speak for yourself. Yeah. When y'all see me turn my head, head around backwards, that's me. I know I'm, I'm, I'm about to turn up. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> hey. Um, yeah, I'm trying to, I'm sipping slow. I'm sipping extra slow on this wine, man. I mean, you should already import a second, but I'm going to. You know, I'm okay. Like, yeah, go ahead. Um, so, Vince, 
Um, you know, most of my listeners are from my, from our home state, North Carolina, and a lot of them aspire to move to bigger markets like you did. What are a few pieces of advice you would give to those of us who are trying to make that jump? And this is just personally, professionally, entrepreneurial. That's, that's a good question. That's a good question. That's a good question. Yeah, in my opinion, I mean, everybody do it different differently. 